Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10 off your entire order that's right 10 off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10 off your entire order. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thanks for joining us on, of course, another fun film episode. I am, in fact, your humble host. And today we have a returning guest, the one and only Eric Brakey from Young Americans for Liberty. And what an amazing conversation because we discussed, number one, all the amazing thing that Young Americans for Liberty has been doing, specifically 100,000 young liberty activists who've signed up for Young Americans for Liberty uh, over this past year. Amazing work. And then number two, looking at some of the uh, the interesting things that are happening here in America. Number one, uh, Eric just wrote an amazing piece over at the Hill focusing on the blue-collar departure from the Democratic Party, specifically highlighting that of Joe Manchin. And then also, uh, ladies, did you know that you might have to sign up for the draft? Well, uh, if you didn't, you're going to hear all about it, and you're going to hear why we think it is absolutely bananas. So, with that being said, on to the show, Eric Brakey here on The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. So glad to be on with you. I I had you on my program not too long ago. So and you rebroadcasted that episode on your channel. So I appreciate I'm coming on yours and I'm going to rebroadcast this episode on my show. So I guess uh, whose show is it anyway? I know. Honestly, we're getting to that point. Uh, and, And hey, you know what? I'm whatever I can do to help raise up what you're doing over at Free America now because you're doing great stuff. You're having great conversations. I know I just listened to the conversation you had with a mutual friend, Tamina Debagorzi, a great conversation about her perspective on the Middle East and America's role from foreign policy. So folks, make sure you go over to Eric's show, Free America Now. Give that a check. But otherwise, Eric, what's been going on in the world of Eric Brakey? And how about this? Let's also focus on the amazing organization you work with, Young Americans for Liberty. What's going on in your world? Well, so much going on at Young Americans for Liberty. On top of the awesome policy victories that have happened this year, 
passing constitutional carry in Texas, school choice in Missouri and Kentucky, and just the amazing stuff happening in New Hampshire where liberty legislators have basically taken over the House of Representatives with the support of Young Americans for Liberty and our activists, door knockers who help get all these folks elected and help keep them accountable when they get there. On top of that, in our campus programs, we just had a, a, a great announcement. Earlier this year, Young Americans for Liberty launched what we call Project 1776. And this is an effort to combat, you know, some of the uh, historical revisionism that's going on in uh, in in, edu- uh, in college campuses these days by recruiting 100,000 new students to sign up for Young Americans for Liberty and get involved in the cause of freedom. And, you know, we got two months to go still on the end of the year, and we just hit, I say we, I didn't personally go out and gather any signatures. This was all our hardworking campus activists talking with their fellow students, getting them to sign up 100,000 new people coming to the cause of liberty. It is why Young Americans for Liberty, I believe, is the one of the most important institutions in this country for growing the liberty movement, reaching people at the college campuses. It's fantastic stuff, Eric. I mean, honestly, what you're doing is it's I know it's the catchphrase, but it's making liberty win. And that's sometimes the hardest part is showing people that this is a real path forward. See, I have this way too often where I will see the the jaded, cynical approach to liberty. Well, good luck changing things. It's like, no, 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 time out. Like you need to at least appreciate that we are making a difference. The conversations are changing. I mean, let's let's be objectively real here. We would much rather have pro-liberty, whether they're libertarians or republicans, in Congress right now in an era of COVID versus our far, our friends in the far left, right? Like, and that's just an objective reality. And yet I see that get, um, you know, just poo-pooed and it shouldn't be. We need to really not only look at that, but also say, well, you guys are doing something different and you're you're actually winning. How so? Because, and Eric, I, I, I'm going to give my thoughts and then tell me if I'm wrong. It's because you're talking to people about the issues they care about versus what you think they should be caring about and trying to force feed that down their throats. Right. I I care about the Federal Reserve. I've cared about the Federal Reserve system for, you know, like over a decade. But if that's what I went out and talked to voters about, you know, six years ago, people would have been (laughs) scratching their head. What? We want to get these potholes fixed. What are you going to do about that? These days with inflation on the rise, maybe people are starting to care more about the Federal Reserve (laughs) than they were before. But anyway, that... You know, I just had Spike Cohen on my program, and we were talking yeah. about this phenomenon, how as libertarians, our instinct is to want to run for the hills, not run for office. And as Spike pointed out, when we all just run for the hills, what you get is Ruby Ridge. Uh, when we're all just, you know, when we completely disengage from politics, when we disengage from these systems of tyrannical oppression that are used to take our freedoms away, what happens is... The only people who go in and hold office and become the decision makers are the people who love power. And we get to a very dangerous place very quickly. I mean, that's what's happened to America. That is the story of America. We began as a republic filled with people who loved liberty. And over time, people who loved power took the places of those people in the decision making bodies. And now here we are where Joe Biden's talking about, you know, launching a domestic war on terror on the American people. So I think it's more important than ever that we lean forward, we engage, we run people for office, we get them elected, we hold them accountable, and we give them the tactics and strategy to 
get our freedoms back. And let's look at also how you're doing it and where you're having the success. You're not going out and just, you know, just shot in the dark, hoping, praying that you'll be that one lucky third party candidate, third alternative out there, but rather making tactical decisions on where to have people run, what party to run, regardless of the political affiliation. I know you guys are, are pro whoever will bring liberty to the masses in terms of policy. So I think that right there, that, that shows that that is the, the solution that people need to start embracing more because we are facing a really real threat. And you, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Eric. I mean, the fact that we are seeing the war on terror, air quotes, turned inward so quickly. And what's concerning <laughs> amongst so many other things, but the number one thing that really it's a big red flag for me is that the people who have been the loudest – especially under the era of Trump in terms of, you know, standing against a fascist government, right? Resist, resist. Now they are the ones who are not only, you know, parroting the, the corporate media narratives, but they are the ones who are championing the idea of a top-down authoritarian control government. Biden, his, his OSHA mandate gets put on hold by Texas government. He says, go for it anyways. Go, keep going as if it was still going through like a normal ma mandate mandate. What, the fact that this is even the, the verbiage that we're, we're discussing right now, it's, it's terrifying, but there's real implications, Eric. People are starting to, I think, ask more questions in terms of why are we going this route? And we're seeing a big turn from mm -hmm. your traditional blue collar Democrat away from the democratic party. The democratic party has really become a party of elitist college white people. And it's turning away that kind of blue collar, average Joe, middle class American that it built, that really built it up, that union, uh, you know, union job, that union approach that that's gone. And, and it's leaving. News wrote an article over the hill, Joe Manchin and the other blue collar uh, and the blue collar exodus from the Democratic Party. Dig into that, Eric. What what's going on here? You know, this is a shift that has been taking place slowly over a long period of time but has really accelerated very quickly to the point where you look at the U.S. Senate. I think that Joe Manchin is perhaps one of the most interesting people of the moment in the U.S. Senate because he is the last blue dog Democrat in that entire body. Uh, he is a conservative Democrat. Now, conservative, not as conservative as I'd like, certainly. <laughs> but uh, but he but he is I mean, he's been the lone voice there. He I guess whatever he personally believes he represents a state that has shifted dramatically. In 1992, West Virginia voted for Bill Clinton with by, I believe, 13 percentage points. Fast forward to 2016, they voted against Hillary Clinton and for Donald Trump by 40 percentage points. So we're talking about literally a shift of over a majority of the voting population there so has shifted hard red and why is that well i think it started with a number of small issues that we might not initially think are oh th these aren't labor I issues the whole reason these kind of union democrats are, are there is for labor issues but there are other issues that have kind of i think really gotten under people's skin over the years things that they care about that are aside aside from labor like gun rights these are, you know, folks in West Virginia, across Appalachia and in working class communities across America tend, tend to be 
more pro-gun than where the Democratic Party has gone these days. Um, I know when I ran for, you know, when I ran in Maine, I worked with a lot of blue collar Democrats on passing constitutional carry. That was a big constituency there. But the Democrats have embraced Michael Bloomberg, his billions of dollars and his anti-gun crusade, and they've left people behind on this. Then, of course, you have uh, these people tend to be much more pro-life. They certainly don't support, by and large, taxpayer funded abortion, uh, which the Democrats have jumped all in on. But then that that if that was only it. As they've embraced the Green New Deal agenda, driving up the price of energy, and sending manufacturing jobs overseas as a result, they've started to really undermine people's jobs. And then, of course, with the overspending, the trillions of dollars that are being printed, people who've managed to keep a job are seeing their wages and their savings just inflated away. And then on top of that, and this is the cherry on top of what the Democratic Party is doing to working class voters – Joe Biden has crossed the Rubicon on what used to be a sacrosanct issue in labor politics, collective bargaining. He has overridden collective bargaining agreements, union negotiated collective bargaining agreements to impose this vaccination mandate, threatening to fire people who do not comply. That is not going well with a lot of blue collar Americans who have historically voted Democrat uh, across the years. And it's why Joe Manchin has to really start to wonder, um, is the Democratic Party still for him? I mean, he's actively spoken aloud about unregistering and becoming an independent. He says he would still caucus with the Democrats, but you have Mike Lee and Rand Paul who have publicly invited him to join the GOP, saying that he would have a very important seat at the table. And of course, this would throw the entire Senate into chaos because it would flip control of the Senate from Democrat to Republican, put Mitch McConnell back in charge and basically end the Biden agenda. It's Bernie, I'll tell you what, it would stop Bernie Sanders from being chairman of the budget committee. I mean, think about this, where we are today. Bernie Sanders, socialist Bernie Sanders is the one writing the budgets in Washington, D.C. Joe Manchin could stop that. And if they keep pushing him the way that they have, he very well might. As he should, as he should. I mean, the Democratic Party, even back when I was in college, the the people that were in the the Democratic Party, you know, the college Democratic Party and so forth, they they weren't parroting this this type of, you know, just hyper, hyper progressive, but more so it was like, how can we take a broken system and make it more efficient, make it better? And I was like, I don't like that. And and that was the the conversation. That was like the, the extent of it. But now the the narratives have changed that the paradigm has shifted so much that it's like if you aren't for this hyper progressive, hyper leftist approach, you don't even get to see the table in many cases. I mean, you had Chuck Schumer go out of his way to to endorse the socialist candidate in Buffalo. And I mean, the, the fact that a write in candidate was able to still win and defeat that socialist candidate but the fact that he went, he felt that that was the best political decision to go and, and endorse the socialist candidate. It speaks to where the, the temperature of your establishment Democrat is in terms of trying to maintain that power. They don't want to lose that power. So what are they going to do? They're going to look to, well, who's who's a threat to my power and how can I coddle that person so that you know, keep your enemies closer mentality? And in this case, I think they, they really 
they played their hand too far. They've jumped the shark. You had Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin, a complete resounding slap in the face to what's been taking place down in Virginia. You have some just, I, I'm still astonished. The fact that we even had a conversation about Jack Chitterelli here in New Jersey still blows me away because I didn't even consider that as an option for Republicans even playing a role in having, you know, any consequence of changing the, the fact of the election in New Jersey, because from, I think it was Monmouth poll. They did a poll, I think the week of, and it, it said that he was up like 11 points. Uh, Phil Murphy was up 11 points to Jack Chitterelli ended up less than in a nail biter. Right. I mean, it's like how, how out of touch is your average politico man it's, yeah. it's so obvious and of course there was that guy in uh truck that truck driver who spent 150 bucks and yep. defeated the long-standing senate president of new jersey which would i mean would, should that be like somebody literally just running a no-name campaign and defeating chuck schumer yeah i mean i wonder I, I haven't looked into detail on it but it makes you wonder if maybe there was some, maybe there was some more going on there but but man i mean it is a sign of the temperature in this country that the Democratic coalition is shedding people right and left. Now, I should say in Virginia, obviously, it wasn't just uh, the blue collar shift, uh, though Youngkin managed to keep that Trump coalition on board without alienating another part of the coalition that he built, which was another sector of Democrat voters that they've lost, which was suburban moms, suburban moms who are concerned about the education of their children. I was going to say, I wonder why they lost suburban moms, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, turns out, you know, uh, it's not a good strategy to tell to tell parents that the state owns your children and will be the final arbiter on their education and you should just sit down and shut up. Oh, and, th- and that their concerns aren't real. When you, when you bring up the concerns, <laughs> what are you talking about? These aren't real concerns you're, you're bringing yeah. up here. Go back to They're where gaslighting them from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's... it's um. It's an interesting new coalition that has won Virginia, and um, I think that we are going to see this continue to build because Democrats have not learned their lesson. They are just doubling down in Washington, D.C. You have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out there saying the problem was that they weren't progressive enough. Of course, there's two problems with this, right? Her, her strategy, her idea is that, well, we need to be hyper-progressive to turn out the base, and, the pro- and she... she but the problem with this is turnout in Virginia was not their problem. It was the highest, one of the highest turnout elections ever, 25% higher than, than, than the average. And it wasn't that anyone was staying home and not voting on the Democrat side. It's that Democrat voters were coming out and voting Republican. Resoundingly. Resoundingly Republican, too. And that speaks volumes in terms of why I think a lot of Democrats kind of they, they, they took a step back when they looked at what happened, because I think the, the, the narrative was, even though things have been rough for the Biden administration, the let's go Brandon was more of a, 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 you know, behind the scenes kind of feel versus like mainstream. I think Virginia kind of made it real to them that the let's grow, go Brandon mentality is is going throughout all of America. And it it really gave me that kind of like the white pill, right? I know, you know, that's that we, we go by pills now, in case you didn't know, in deter- <laughs> determining the future. Um, you have the white pill, the black pill, the red pill, the blue pill. Which one are you going to pick? Um, today I'm saying the white pill. As long as it's not a Pfizer pill. 
That's <laughs> and we've lost any monetization. Um, but no, you're you're yeah. Did you see the meme by the way that uh, Thomas Massey just? I'm sorry. Did I actually screw up your monetization there? Oh, absolutely. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, but no, did you see <laughs> okay. that meme? Uh, Thomas Massey. He uh, he roasted Pfizer. They tried to do a meme, and it was the uh, the the little character tossing the the balloon and then the bigger one behind it and uh it was like you know conspiracy theories science that pfizer posted and it was um it was thomas massey doing his retweet i'll make sure i share it in the show notes but uh in in the typical sassy with massey fashion so thank god we have thomas massey in congress by the way because i don't know what we would do otherwise um but yes we the white pill the, the back to that the white pill is that there are so many people who are in that mentality of I'm done. Like, I, I mean, uh, cancel culture. Yeah. I was like, what's, what's that thing we all hate? The woke cancel culture. Um, yeah. The woke cancel culture. 71% of Americans say that it's gone too far. Only 29% according to this new study said that they thought it was a good thing and, and was actually, you know, helping better society. So that speaks to, again, the narratives changed. So what are we going to do in terms of responding from the political lens? And I think it is important for us to take that role because there are more people like Joe Manchin who they're looking for new solutions. Maybe the GOP isn't the right step for him right now. Maybe he does need to go towards that independent route. Now, is he a libertarian? I wouldn't say necessarily, but I think it's on us to start bringing solutions to the table and trying to show people the, the options that exist and bring more people that way. And, and I think we can we have more people who are like Joe Manchin right now who are looking for something else. Why not, Eric? Why not go after those people? Yeah, you know, the, the, the liberty movement right now, there are so many people who are polit- who feel politically homeless, alienated from the Democratic Party and, and some many people feel alienated from the Republican Party. I feel alienated from the Republican Party many days. I just want to you know tr- try to try to steer it into a better place yep um but but this is a perfect time for the liberty movement to come out talk to the people on these issues that they care about i mean the fact that we're having a national conversation about school choice right now is an amazing libertarian moment thank you Uh, Corey DeAngelis. thank you yeah actually i'm gonna have Corey DeAngelis on free america now we're recording a video episode this Monday, which will come out sometime uh, in a week or two after that. So that's something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to speaking with him. Um, but yeah, he's done amazing work on school choice. And now this is becoming this is becoming the one of the biggest mobilizing issues for Republicans for building a a a broad coalition and it's on a liberty issue this is something to celebrate i mean this was people forget school choice is why ron desantis is governor of florida right now yes he he won on school choice because of you know uh, mothers in the african-american community who had enjoyed the benefits of school choice for their kids and democrats were talking about taking it away and were you on my show when i talked about this um so philip stutz was on my show philip stutz um, he wrote the book, The Undefeated Marketing System, and he has a company and they do marketing uh, or like like marketing for political campaigns. He was the marketing arm that helped Ron DeSantis win in Florida by doing that exact thing, Eric, by helping with school choice folk. Like they, they went after school choice moms and specifically exactly minority moms, black moms. There was a, there was a, a private school that they they had and it was this poor kid 
they told the kid that his school is going to get shut down if if the um um the Democratic candidate, I forget the gentleman's name. Um, oh goodness, who DeSantis was it? Gollum. Gull- yes, that's right. Andrew uh, Gillum. Yeah. Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Gillum. That's right. Um, and uh, the kid you know goes into to crocodile tears because he realizes that you know the, the private school that he'd been going to or the charter school he's been going to, excuse me, was going to be closed. And um, you know that right there that helped Andrew or you know, Ron DeSantis rather go over the finish line. And again, to your point. Because it was such an important issue on the, the fact of you're going to mess with my kids. And I think the next mess with my kids might be the vaxing of kids, too. I'm hearing more parents being like, you're going to vax my kid. Good luck. And I'm like, I mean, who, who are you? Like, a, a coworkers, I would never even be like that. I'm like, who are you? And good for you. Yeah. I have to say, it, it is so crazy to me that we are even talking about mandatory vaccination for kids with the COVID vaccines. I mean, I understand. I understand the other vaccines that have historically been in place, the traditional vaccines requirements for kids to attend schools. I understand it. I I, I have my disagreements on, you know, I, I don't like making anything mandatory. I think if you can't convince people with logic and reason, um, you know, using uh, force is not the best answer. But uh, but at least there was a there's a case to be made with those. Uh, those traditional vaccines about herd immunity. But with the COVID vaccine, not only are the kids not at risk of, uh, you know, a severe reaction to COVID, but also we have studies that have come out showing that the the uh, COVID vaccines do not create herd immunity. They are beneficial for the individual in reducing your own individual risk of getting a severe case. But they are not effective in the medium to long term at preventing infection and spread of COVID. So we're getting all these kids vaccinated for what? They're already at incredible low risk, and this isn't stopping them from spreading the disease. It's Why the are parents. we doing this? It's for the parents. They want to feel that it's, they're doing. Like, isn't this isn't this America, Eric? Like the idea that you're just doing something and feeling that it's helping. Like, ah. Uh, I, I see this more often than not. So many government programs that are out there and you'll have some Democrat who will be upset that, you know, the idea of a cutting a program. I'm like, well, what, wh- why do we have this program? Could, could it not be done more efficiently? If you, like, and I'll go through and I'll you know, give up a specific example where let's say that they were a donor to a, a nonprofit, right? Like you have a direct tie knowing your money is going towards the mission of the, the nonprofit. Whereas if you're a taxpayer, you're forced to pay for this service, whether you like it or not, uh, whether it's good or not. And then it's taken from you and then given to some faceless bureaucratic organization that maybe will go and do something with it. That's of good, but more likely than not, the money will just go and be you know lost in administration waste. So you see right there, if it was your money, which it is your money, and the difference is that they were so sneaky with the income tax, and I say sneaky, they did it by design, to take it out of your paycheck from your, your employer, every single paycheck, oh, isn't that fun how that happens, um, versus you pay it every April 15th, which, happy birthday to me, that'd be a, a great pay, uh, you know, birthday, to, the pain of paying my, my income tax every single year, um, at one lump sum, right? But that would be the pain, which people should feel. They should feel that that this is real. This is a big sum of, sum of money that's being taken away from you every single year, and you have no say. No say. I mean, you, you maybe you, you think you have a say when you go to the, the ballot box, but do you really have a say in where that money goes, whether it was Trump in the White House or Biden in the White House? I mean, 
maybe different people go in different, different positions, but they're all the people who say, well, we've always done things this way. So not only are we going to do the things we've done this way, but also it's that scene from the office where Oscar's trying to explain to uh, Michael how a budget works and how at the end of the, the, the lemonade stand, he has to have uh, less or more money uh, that he, he would need otherwise, because otherwise the parents will think that he would, he didn't have enough money for the lemonade stand. So that's the exact same thing. You have the incentive to pay off everything and, and to, to use all the money, whether you it's, it's, useful or or not and it ends up being wasteful people end up wasting the money on and it's not their money it's our money it's the taxpayers money you don't get a say there so what happens we have people who think they know best and they think that they know what they can do better not only with your money but with your lives and and eric as we go towards the the final story today it's i'm just astonished that this is even a conversation in 2021 that not only are we still talking about the draft but the fact that now it's sneakily gotten through congress and might clear the senate females being forced to sign up for the draft what you know this uh, and thank you for bringing up this story it it is stunning to me that this has not gotten more attention the house of representatives has passed in the national defense authorization act policy to require women to register for the draft this has gone to the senate it looks like it might even have strong bipartisan support in the senate it could pass there it could pass the 60 vote threshold and joe biden is already on the record supporting the policy and here's what's crazy to me is that proponents of requiring women to register for the draft are saying this is somehow an advancement of women's rights i'm all for advancing women's rights i'm all for you know equality under the law and you know a good way to achieve equality under the law with the draft to just abolish it completely the last time we had a military draft in this country 58,000 of America's sons were killed senselessly in Vietnam. And what about the recent history of this country would lead anyone to believe it's a good idea to give the Washington war machine an extra line of credit to the, lo- to the lives of America's daughters? This is absurd. We should be abolishing this. This is one of the great libertarian accomplishments of our movement. Milton Friedman, when he was on in the Vietnam War, the President's Commission for the Studying of an All-Volunteer Military. You had General Westmoreland, the commander of U.S. forces, come before uh, that, that commission and say, I will not command an army of mercenaries, to which Milton Friedman quipped back, General, would you rather command an army of slaves? Because that's exactly what conscription is. And we're, we are not supposed to be expanding slavery in this country. We are supposed to be abolishing it root and branch every place we find it. Oh, goodness. Eric, it's time, I think, um, we, we have a change in this country. And I think the more people start to wake up, the more likely it is that, that change will happen. Um, and I know that the term wake up gets used a lot and people kind of roll their eyes now and they hear like, oh, what are you going to do? Wake more people up. Good job. Uh, but no, you, you do have the ability to change people's minds on issues that they either they, they were convinced they were right or issues that they didn't really think about until it became real to them. How many people really thought about the Fed, honestly, up until this past year when inflation got real for them? Not many. Yeah. And and the reason being because it didn't really impact them. I mean, yes, it did, but not in ways that really hurt. I mean, maybe right. they'd watch the stock market go up and down and they'd be like, okay, like I don't see the, the, the connection. Okay, house housing market yeah. is better, housing market's worse. What's that have and, to do with anything? 
And when we're at just 2% inflation, they've told us for the longest time that that's normal. It's normal for them to steal 2% of your money every single year. And this is just how you know the, the market works. That's, it, that doesn't make any sense. But no. they've told us this is normal. We've accepted it. It's kind of like the, the, the frog in the pot. It, they were just turning it up just a little bit. And now it's gotten out of hand to the point where people are realizing something very not normal is happening to our money. Yep. And the, the, I think the part that's better, I don't know. If it's, <laughs> I'm saying this very carefully. It's not better for us because the outcome is going to hurt. Like if the, the left gets their way and they're able to enact this just, just insane leftist monetary policy that they've been trying to get in place and, and get all these, these spending bills passed that they're looking to get in place, it's going gonna, it's gonna to just destroy, destroy the dollar. And, and I mean, like there are going to be people, so many people hurt by that um and i don't think a, a lot of like your hyper progressive leftists realize that they, they're they not they're not thinking that way um they're thinking well no because now everybody everybody's gonna have a, a raise right because because in order to keep up with inflation you have to at least get like a what five thousand dollar raise a year yeah. to, to to stay afloat what was did you see that too by the way that the the um rate of inflation if you got a raise this past year um on average it, it was didn't keep up with inflation that's just it, oh it, yeah why, why don't – and I guess now nowadays people are starting to, to realize, and that is why we're doing what we're doing, Eric. That's why we're having conversations here on The Brian Nichols Show, why you're going to be able to have this conversation re-air over on Free America Now because we need to, to reach more people and have these conversations and show them how, number one, the information – how about this? We'll go back. Give them the information that they need to be able to have when they're having these conversations, but also – the how and and that's where i was going originally was how to have these conversations because too often the approach has been monetary policy is important you want to know why and then they go through and they spit out facts and figures and, and all this historical gobbledygook and your average person glosses over because they're like dude i just i'm shopping at the grocery store like leave me be versus the person at the grocery store then saying oh my god at you know they're in, at the meat section why is this t-bone steak triple in price and they audibly exclaim that and you being the astute uh, listener of the brian nichols show in free america now can enter into that conversation and say i know isn't inflation awful yeah let's talk about that and then it, now the creature it, you, from jekyll island yeah but like hey let's be real are you gonna have a conversation with everybody looking at a t-bone steak in the, the the butcher aisle probably not but let's just pretend that you're weird like me and you do in, in that case you can then have a different conversation with that person. And you're not trying to convince them to become a liberty advocate overnight, but rather what you're trying to do is plant a seed that will stick with them. It's kind of like, um, like almost um, like guerrilla marketing of sorts, like just by going out and having the conversation and getting the person to be like, huh, interesting. Didn't yeah. think about that before. That is the, the, the best starting off point. So uh, anyways, with that being said, we're already over time. Eric Brakey, we want to make sure folks can go ahead and follow you. I've already shouted the name of your show a million times here, but one more time, <laughs> Free America Now. Go ahead and subscribe, folks, if you haven't yet. But uh, with that being said, Eric, where can folks go ahead and follow you if they want to continue the conversation? Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Senator Brakey or on Facebook. You can find me under my name there. You can also follow Young Americans for Liberty and all the same places or go to our website, yaliberty.org. Learn about all the great work our activists are doing to Make Liberty win on college campuses, at ballot boxes, and across America. Oh, Eric, you are doing amazing work, my friend. And thank you to the amazing team at Young Americans for Liberty for keeping 
yes, the lights on of Liberty because the the flame's been uh, flame's been struggling here a little bit. It's like the end of that Pokemon episode where Charmander's tail is just just struggling to keep on. I'm not sure. Like half the audience is like, what the hell is he talking about? The other Uh-oh. half is like, oh my god, my heart just broke. Yes, that is where we are at. And thank never god forget for Charmander's yeah. tail. There you go. Yeah, and thank goodness for you, young American, uh, young Americans for Liberty folk out there who are helping us. Yes, make Liberty win. With that being said. Eric Brakey, Free American Now. Thanks for joining us here on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you, Brian. You've heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry. From helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, the reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta eight are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs and hey yours truly here at the brian nichols show can vouch for the quality of evils and my delta eight having to deal with a herniated disc in my back plus years of sports injuries evils and my delta eight offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain and did you know you can get evils and my delta eight delivered right to your door at a special discounted price that's right all members of the brian nichols show audience can use promo code tbns at checkout and boom discount applied again that's code tbns at checkout to get the highest quality cbd and delta 8 thc on the market delivered right to your door one more time the code is tbns at checkout Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up our conversation with Eric Brakey. If you enjoyed the episode, do me a favor, go ahead and give it a share. And when you do, go ahead and tag yours truly and go ahead and tag Eric as well. And if you're looking to where you can find Eric's social media, go ahead and click the artwork in your podcast catch or it'll bring you right over to briannicholshow.com specifically today's episode where you can find number one the entire transcription of the episode number two yes eric's uh, contact info including where you can find him on social media as well as all the amazing things that are happening over at young americans for liberty and number three you can find all 400 plus episodes of the brian nichols show that are out there if you enjoy them i would love to hear about it head over to the reviews page give us a five star rating and review and hey if you want to go ahead and give us a shout out click the little microphone button over on briannicholshow.com you can leave us a voice message we'll go ahead and play here on the program but with that being said coming up on saturday yes we have a conversation between the one and only jeremy todd over on cell liberty and eric ward owner of four ward defense where they discuss 2a hornet's nest their right to self-defense and how to be affected in persuading others to join us. Yes, if you did miss it over live on the Facebook page over on Cell Liberty, no worries. We're going to have that air tomorrow on Cell Liberty. And with that being said, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off on The Brian Nichols Show for Eric Brakey. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. 
audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to William at dbpodaudio.com.